Uker Media family, Vladimir Prochnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 16 of the Uker Media podcast, where I serve our Uker Media family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Now, today's guest is Maple Ship. Maple leads the motion graphics and visual effects wing of New York Post and Page Six Digital Videos. She originally discovered her love for digital content as a social media producer at Endemol Shine Group, working to create and push content for shows such as Swamp People on History, Ink Master on Spike, and The Steve Harvey Show. She's also done freelance animation and editing for brands such as Scary Mommy and Scholastic. And when she's not producing motion graphics for brands, she's focused on animating her first children's short film. Mabel, welcome to the show and thank you so much for your time. Hi, thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Now, there's so much we can get into in this episode. My gosh, I can talk to you all day long about all this cool stuff. I'd love to talk to you (laughs) about your experience working in the news and all the good stuff you do. But before we do that... Tell us a little about your personal life, and I'd love to hear more about this uh, children's short film that you're working on. Oh my gosh, my personal life. What do people want to know about my personal life? So you're originally um, from Charleston, South Carolina. You now live in Brooklyn, I, um, New York. Now, yeah. what a transition. What was it like moving from the South to living, now you're living up North? That is uh, a question I get a lot, actually. Surprisingly, there are a lot of transplants from Charleston in Brooklyn, oh, wow. um, which is pretty cool. But um, I, yeah, I actually, I moved to New York the day I graduated college and I went to college in Columbia, South Carolina. So I've been up here for, it'll be five years. Oh my gosh, actually, oh, my five-year anniversary was five days ago. Congratulations. Wow. That. Thank you. I feel like we should celebrate now. <laughs> Where's the cake? I know. Shit. I forgot. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We, Sergey and I both played soccer and our very first tournament that we won was in Charleston, South Carolina. I remember we had to like cross this big bridge to get to a college that the field was where they were hosting this tournament. And it was a Piggly Wiggly tournament. I remember that. Oh my that. gosh, the Piggly Wiggly. R.I.P. Piggly Wiggly. I tell you what. <laughs> Are those stores still around? I haven't seen one no. in years. No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. I think they're gone. I know. And those are the best t-shirts. Like if you have a Piggly Wiggly t-shirt, like I'll buy it from you. well let's go ahead and get into your uh journey how did you get into motion graphics to begin with oh man well i will say one thing that i do love about motion graphics so much is that i feel like everyone not everybody but a lot of people who work in this industry like did not like they're not like oh yeah i just went to college for motion design and now i'm a motion designer it's like this weird labyrinth of like a way that you got to where you are and as a motion designer and like my story is no different i I actually studied screenwriting in college. I really wanted, I grew up as a writer. I was a voracious reader. I always wanted to be a writer. And when I was in college, I sort of realized that I wanted my stories to be on a screen because that was just cooler to me. It was more visual, obviously. And so, you know, I moved to New York to be a screenwriter. And I kid you not, I have no, like one of the greatest mysteries of my life to this day is like why I did not move to LA. Like why I was like, I'm going to be a screenwriter. I'm going to move to New York. Like that, (laughs) it doesn't really like make any sense, but my gut was just like, you got to go to New York. That's the only place for you. So, you know, that was, that was crazy, but awesome. Cause it obviously worked out. But when I got here, I spent two years working like 23 jobs. I was like not screenwriting at all. It was just like a really dark time for me because I was so broke and like super lost so I eventually got a job as like a corporate blogger, which wow. was, <laughs> which was a That's really a funny experience. Yeah, it was a really funny experience. But through that, I learned about social media and then I ended up working for Endemol Shine, doing social media for them. And that was sort of when I was like, oh, you know, I was like cutting Instagram videos and stuff. 
And I was like, this is way more fun than like social media, like doing the content creation is more fun for me. So from there, I ended up getting a job at New York Post as a video editor. And I have to tell you, when I first started at New York Post, I knew so little about video editing. Like I was like, <laughs> the bottom of the barrel, like I'm telling you, I needed to learn so much. I mean, I knew enough to like get by, but I was just like, you know, I, I have so much to learn. So, you know, the first like four or five months that I was working here, I spent so much of my time, like I stayed after work and just did tutorials. Like I was on like a tutorial binge for like five months. It was insane. But during that tutorial binging, I sort of realized I started clicking on things like, you know, motion graphics tutorials. And I was like, this is cooler. And through that, you know, m tutorial time, I found uh, Joey from School of Motion. And I was like, oh my God, this guy. And I tell you, like, I recently went to NAB and I was able to tell him this face to face. And it was amazing because like he was, was just last month, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about and, that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. I went to the motion graphics meetup and I got to tell him like, Oh my God, you know, you are such a huge reason why I'm a motion graphics artist. And he was like, he's so humbled by it, which was crazy. Cause like, you know, I was very just so in awe of being able to tell him that face to face. But, um, yeah. So I just sort of like fell in love with motion graphics through trying to be a better editor. And, you know, that was, it was, it was kind of awesome because my boss is so, he like is one of those bosses that really wants to give his employees opportunities. And he's always really believed in me. And we didn't have a motion graphics department. We didn't have an animation wow. wing. You know, we just didn't, we were a really small team and we were just trying to figure out where everyone was fitting. And I was sort of just like, Hey, you know, we don't have this and I'm really passionate about it and I'm willing to stay after work and, and really kick ass at this. Like, will you, you know, can I have the chance to, to be this person? And it was just sort of like a natural progression. And now that's, that's all I do here. <laughs> that's pretty cool. You know, you mentioned Joey. Yeah. I talked, he was on the podcast yesterday, which I haven't published. I probably will release it today, but it, <laughs> you know, you mentioned how all these motion graphics, people have these unconventional ways, how they get into industry. Like Joey, the same, the same way he was like a voiceover artist for, for a long time. He actually like was a voice artist for like an MTV show back in the day. Yeah. And same thing with Sergey, you know, my twin brother. You know, most people think that I'm into big, like, motion graphics guy, but I'm not. Sergey's, like, the motion graphics guy. And same thing <laughs> with us. I'm more of a video guy. Same thing with us. Like, a sponsor, you know, when we moved to the United States, we moved as refugees. And sponsor dropped off, like, a computer at our house. And we didn't speak the language. And, we, and it had, like, Adobe stuff on it, you know? And that's, oh my so we learned Adobe stuff before we learned how to speak English. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> that's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of cool because, like, it's just like a full circle and being at VidCon representing Adobe and it's just kind of cool how it all comes together. But it's interesting how all roads lead to motion graphics, so to speak, but yes. it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. Right. But it's <laughs> such an unconventional, unconventional way. Now, are you, do you think you're going to stick around in motion graphics for a while? Oh God. Yeah. No, it's like, it's the thing, man. I mean, I, you know, I grew up storytelling and it's such an awesome way to tell a story motion graphics and animation that it's like, you know, why would I, it's like perfect. It's just like my whole life has led me to this one thing, you know? Mm. And I like only want to get better and better and better. You talked about tutorials. What tutorials did you watch or which <laughs> websites? I mean, school of motion is one. I hope you'll oh say you 
I'm telling you, literally anything under the sun that you can think of. Like you guys, I like, you know, uh, Evan Abrams. Who's He's that coming on tomorrow. One? Evan Abrams is going to be on tomorrow. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> I also love how small the world is in motion it graphics. Like small. everyone, everyone is, and everyone's super rad. Like when I was at NAB at the motion graphics meetup, oh my God, I was like, I could be friends with any of these people. I actually got to meet Andrew Kramer you know, the man, the myth. And I was like, oh my God, he was just like the nicest guy in the world. It was awesome. And speaking of Andrew, he's coming on too. But I saw the picture, <laughs> you took a selfie with him. That's pretty cool. I think of Vegas, right? Yeah. Andrew, man, yeah. I've, been, I've been trying to get Andrew on the show for such a long time. He's a busy, busy guy. Now, yeah. all, the cool, all the cool stuff you've done, what is your favorite project that you worked on to date? I got to tell you, the thing that I'm the most proud of is I recently redesigned the motion graphics package for editors for New York Post and page six. And that was awesome because, you know, working in a newsroom, everything is not everything. We do. We definitely do have pieces that are like that take time. But a lot of the content that we produce needs to be out quickly. You know, it's like breaking news. It needs to be up. It needs to, you know, everything in news sort of lives and dies very quickly. So I, you know, had the opportunity to sort of take this like antiquated (laughs) after effects template that we were using and start using Mogurt templates. And I redesigned the look and feel of them. And we, you know, integrated Mogurt templates uh, for our editors to just drag and drop onto the timeline. And now they can like make videos and, you know, a third of the time that it used to take, which was like really satisfying for me as someone who does what I do in the industry that I'm in. Like, that's the most important thing that I could help out with is like, you know, how to make something look really good and have it come, you know, be produced really quickly. <laughs> so I feel like I, I I did that, and that was that's that's cool. Now, um, you know, you work at all these different places. Now, share one painful personal failure as an artist. Curious what it would be. <laughs> Take us through it. Don't hold back. Oh my god, why? <laughs> um, what's a personal failure? You know, okay. Can I be a little annoying and like vague about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, honestly, my biggest personal failures anytime that I have ever thought to myself, like, I know enough now, like I'm good. Or like, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, like I'm, I feel like I've like, I've done enough work. I, I should be, you know, I can like hire other people out for that or whatever. Like as soon as I start thinking that way, I start to feel like a failure because I never want to lose that part of me that was like, you know, taking those tutorials every single night for five months. Like I learned so much. I grew so much in that amount of time. And like during that, I, I just feel like I'm such a better person when I'm, when I'm constantly learning something and I never want to, you know, give that up. You know, it's interesting you point that out because like, you know, I do a little speaking for an organization. Like we moved here as refugees and this organization helped us and kind of like I do a little public uh, speaking for them. And you know, it's my story. So I'm thinking like, man, I don't need to prepare for it. It's funny when you said that, it kind of reminded me of this. But every time when I try to wing it, when I'm like trying to like, well, I think I got this, it never <laughs> works out, man. So even with podcasts, I'm like two, three hours before the podcast, like I'm trying to read out loud. I'm trying to do as much research as possible. But there's something about winging it that it just every time you try to put your guard down is like it just always turns to crap. For me. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, definitely. And uh, yeah, and I also feel like that happens a lot, too, for me. Like if I'm not keeping sharp with my skills you know, I'll get a request for something and I'm kind of like, ah, shit, like <laughs> I forgot how to do that. You know, and then I got to like, I got to research how to do it again real quick. 
what's your thought on on higher higher education on college? I'm curious because you're such you learned so much. Everything you know, it seems like you learned from internet. Do you think it's relevant anymore to go to school for motion graphics? <sighs> that is honestly like for me. I think it totally depends on the person, but I would say for 95% of people, the answer is don't waste your fucking money. (laughs) Like, seriously, I can't even tell you, like, I learned so much. I have grown so much just from YouTube and sites like uh, School of Motion that like, I, I just, you know, I, and I love my college career. Like, that's the thing. It's like, my college career was awesome. I went camping a lot with my friends. Like I, you know, was a DJ on the radio station. I did a lot of these like extracurricular activities that helped me grow as a person. But like in terms of career advancement, I didn't do any of that until two years out of college. So I would say for most people, no, like just, just forget it. Just go online. There's so many awesome resources there. Like explore them, you know? Yeah. Like school of motion is one amazing resource. Like those guys over there doing amazing things, but it's interesting because is it like even worth getting in debt? I mean, it's one thing if school is, you don't have to get in debt for it. But I mean, right. if you have to go through the debt route, and as many people as graduate these days, like I always, I'm always curious. Like, do people even look at diploma, like, to see if you graduate, or are there more? Like, if if you're hiring somebody, would you be more interested in, I guess, their resume or the college that they went to? Oh my God, looking at a resume is like a joke. I feel like that is so antiquated now. I mean, at least for me, I depends on the job. But for for motion graphics, oh my God, like I only look at people's reels. And most of the time I don't even, you know, I'll look at their reel, but then I won't even really give them a project until I can sort of see what they can do. Like I'll give them like a mini project with like a time frame and be like, you know, what can you do with this in a certain amount of time? And it's just like all about skill for me. What advice would you give to someone who's now graduating from either high school or college? Uh, you know, how can they, I guess, speed up the process of lending a good job instead of, I, mean, I don't know, is there a way to jump from high school to like a really serious job, like with working for you, for example, like, do you think that's possible? Yeah. Oh my God. I would hire a high schooler in a, like in a second. Heck yeah. Like my sister, even, you know, she's, if they have the drive, I mean, honestly, that's like the most important thing for me and people who work with me is like the drive to do something really well. Cause I don't have time <laughs> to deal with people who are lazy and who just want to like sit around and clock in and clock out. I really respect people and I want to work with people who, you know, like to go above and beyond all the freelancers that I'm working with right now. I are better than me, you know, like I want to be like them. And like, that's the kind of people I want to hire. What are some bad habits you're seeing in people that are like applying for jobs? What are some things to not to do? I guess if you're (laughs) trying to, if I'm trying to work for you, for example, (laughs) well, bad habits lying because <laughs> uh. <laughs> the thing is with uh with motion graphics you can't really lie about it too hard i mean you can lie a little bit but like you know you can't say hey i'm like super awesome at using the graph editor and then i'll be like cool do something with that then and then you send me something back and it looks like shit i'm gonna be like okay that's a huge waste of my time and you know that's frustrating so that happens sometimes what's another thing that people do i think that's the biggest one honestly it's just people who like oversell themselves and then under underperform i can't say that i've never done that before (laughs) i definitely have too but whatever it takes to get in the door and then we'll just (laughs) we'll just wing it we'll stay up all night watch tutorials whatever it takes 
mean, and not to, not to shit on that because honestly, like that's how I got the job I'm in, you know, but like fake it till you make it only works if you actually plan on like trying to make it. <laughs> it's like a client will call me yeah. like, Hey Vlad, do you know how to do this? And I'm like, only know like 40%. Like, yeah, totally know how to do this. And I'm like, oh, well, honey, I'm not sleeping tonight. <laughs> I'm watching tutorials all night. Now, I have two kids. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And uh, I, I see that you're working on short film, a children's short film. I want to I want to hear more about that. What's that all about? Oh, my gosh. I am so excited to talk to you about it. It's like children's media is my absolute favorite thing in the world. Like my poor boyfriend, he takes me to go see every Pixar movie the day it comes out. And I'm just, I'm just so obsessed with children's media, pre-K shows, like our Netflix is all messed up because it's like, you know, all these action movies. And then there's like Luna Petunia and I'm like, sorry, like I was just, you know, catching up on the children's like scene real quick. Um, so I finally, I wrote a children's book back in 2014 and wanted it to be a book, but you know, since then I've learned animation. And so I was like, you know, this is like, seems like something that would really work as a as a children's short instead of just a book. So I went on this amazing website called Women Who Draw because I wanted to work with a female illustrator. I'm not very good at illustrating. So I found her, this, this girl named um, Namrata, and she's just like the most delightful person. She lives in Brooklyn and she's going to help me illustrate this thing. And yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try to do it this year. As like my personal project. What about the book? Do you have that on sale somewhere? Oh no, that's the thing. I wanted to do it as like a double whammy, ah, like that's smart. you know, like yeah, like make the short and then also have the book with her illustrations in it. Now, what do you plan on hosting this? I don't know. I don't know yet. I'm just gonna kind of start animating it first, and then see what happens near the end of it. I don't really know. I don't have like a distribution plan or anything. <laughs> well, you know, I think you're in the right market for sure. Like, I, you know, I, I guess it, I didn't really watch cartoons much growing up, but it wasn't until I moved to the United States and started a family. And I watched all these cartoons like, with my kids on YouTube. They're getting millions and millions of views because we watch the same cartoons over and over. Because once you find that like safe cartoon that, you know, your kids love and appreciate, you just always play over and over. And I remember oh, thinking, yeah. there's like, man, and some of them are not, not high production at all, but they're banking so much from ads and everything just because it's just mm -hmm. they're in the right niche. So I think uh, you, you def you're you going to do well. And when you do publish it, I'd love to follow up and uh, see uh, oh, where yes, it's going to be. Oh, yes, I would love to, too. That would be awesome. Yeah, I have no idea when it's going to be finished because I'm, you know, working here. I also bartend currently two nights a week. Oh, wow, you're busy. I know. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but... <laughs> One of these days, I'm just gonna like fall over. But you know, until then. Is it because you're up, up in, you know, in New York? It's just a lifestyle so much different. You know, I used to live in Columbus. It was pretty fast paced. In the South, everything's kind of slows down. You know, the Bible Belt. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Tennessee, so no one's in the hurry in Tennessee. I know that. <gasps> no way! Oh my gosh, I lived for I lived in Knoxville for three years. Oh my gosh, I li we lived in <laughs> Tri Cities, Bristol, Johnson City, Kingsport. So oh, just, how funny! Just down the road, and Sergey's uh, wife went to UT, University of Tennessee. Oh my gosh, my parents met there. Such a small world. It really is. It's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. So you started down south, then you're going up north. And then so your <laughs> life is so busy right now. Like, do you think at some point you're going to just make a move down south? Oh God, no. I can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine moving back. I feel like my personality is really fit for New York. I like being busy and I'm really competitive. I'm really motivated. I'm really driven. Sometimes I think about like, moving to 
I don't know, the Bahamas or something like crazy like that. Just like, you know, or like Costa Rica, just like get a vacation house or something. But no, I feel like New York and I, we fit, we fit really well. Now, how together. do you un- unplug from everything? Like, you know, this is something that I'm, I'm, I've always struggled for a while, you know, especially running the business. Like when, when, when I'm with my kids, sometimes I often find myself like I'm there physically, but in my mind, I'm somewhere else. <laughs> and you're doing so many things. Like, how do you unplug? Do you have any I, I don't know. Any advice for me? What do you do? My advice for you, I'm telling you right now, go get yourself a beer and drink <laughs> it outside on a, in a chair outside somewhere and just like stare at a tree and just like drink the beer slowly and stare at, at nature. That's what you do. <laughs> I have a backyard actually, so I'm very lucky and like, fortunate. I can actually do that. I was about to say, there's, you have a tree in New York City? <laughs> you can find a tree? I'm the only one with a tree. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nature is, nature's, nature's the shit. You gotta like, you gotta sit in nature sometimes, especially if you work like in what we do. You're just like, you know, constantly looking at screens. You gotta it's get so out of there. It's so true. You know, I, I used to work at Ohio State, I guess if the Ohio State University Medical Center. You know, some people are, they're, they're very proud. They always correct me. Like it's the Ohio State for some reason. <laughs> but anyway, so I worked there for five years. And I remember I had like, that was, this was back in my college days. And I, I had to work long hours and it's inside the hospital. Like you never, like you come in, it's dark. You leave, it's dark. I never saw the outside. And I remember like after five years of doing that, me and my wife, we were out in the park. It was just so beautiful. And I remember I was like blown away by how, beautiful the nature is i was like running around hugging trees you know it, it was one of those moments so yeah nature is definitely it's it, you know it, it helps me unwind big time now recommend a book Do you, are you a book reader oh my gosh okay so i am but i'm not and i don't know if you're gonna like my answer because it has nothing to do with this podcast oh, or no worries or or motion graphics at all but i do have a book to recommend and it's lonesome dove which is actually this is embarrassing because I'm forgetting the name of the author. Hold on. I'm going to Google it. (laughs) It's by a very famous author. Oh, Larry McMurtry, of course. So it ended up becoming a web series, not a web series. (laughs) I'm such a millennial. It ended up becoming a mini series and people love the mini series, but I had been told I'm a really big fantasy book lover reader. And people kept telling me, you know, if you like fantasy books, you'll really like this one book. And I was like, but it's not fantasy. It's a Western. But all these people were like, just trust us. You're going to really like it. And I'm telling you right now, it is the best book I have ever read. I like, I am a proselytizer of this book. Like it is just so good. Another great way to like unwind (laughs) and just like not be in front of a screen. It's really long. And ironically, like not that much happens, but the writing is so incredible that it's like, it's just one of those books you can read again and again. It's such a good one. <laughs> awesome. What about an, share one online resource? Online resource. Well, I mean, I got it obviously shout out to school of motion, but I feel like I've been like touting them this whole time. Um, <laughs> another one I would say is Poonanimation, which is like the coolest thing that's ever happened to animation. I feel like, you know, up until this point, it's just like a group of women animators if you are in the industry and you're a woman there is a site for that speaking of which you know this is for example i look at the statistics for a group and like almost 90 percent of everyone in a group and we have like 2,000 members in a private mentoring group on facebook and almost 90 percent are males now is it different difficult working in a group that's largely dominated by males what's your experience been like well i will say 
as a person who is now in like a leadership position, I want to hire more females, but I will say that it is, it's harder because there just aren't as many of them. I am so grateful for resources like Pin Animation and Women Who Draw because it's like, oh, I really want to hire a woman and like give someone new a chance in this industry. I'm just going to go to this website and just look there, you know? But for me, like working around men, I actually have like kind of a bro personality, I think, <laughs> a little bit. So I've actually never really had an issue working with men. I really, I enjoy all of my, you know, my male colleagues. They all respect me. I respect them. But just like as a, you know, overarching generalization, yeah, like I would love to have more women do what I do. It it would just be cool. Now, what are you most excited about today? What am I most excited about? Probably my, probably my children's short. Yeah. When did you start working on it? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I just found my illustrator. So we're meeting up actually this Thursday to talk about some style frames. But I'm very excited about that. I'm also excited because I recently hired this like couple team animation and design team from Uruguay. And uh, they designed us style frames for New York Post. And that sort of style, I think is going to be our new like fully animated style for New York Post videos. We haven't released one yet. I actually think we're releasing the very first one this Sunday. But yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped to see New York Post like have an animation style that I can sort of feel proud of. Now, where can uh, where can we check this out? Uh, NewYorkPost.com. So this Sunday, right? This yeah. Sunday? All right. And, <laughs> yeah. well, and how can people get in touch with you? One last question. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, if you're a freelancer, and especially if you're a woman freelancer, or if not, you know, whatever. I don't judge. Hit me up. Um, my, my email, truly, just mship at NYPost.com. That's the best way to, to contact me. Or go to my website, mapleship.com. It's a very bare bones website, but it'll give you all the contact <laughs> info you need. All right. Well, hey, listen, thank you so much. And what a cool name. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. This has been great. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Maple Ship. You can find more information about Maple on her website at mapleship.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoy what I've been doing. I don't ask for a lot, but please take a moment to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It will only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the podcast. And my goal is to share this great content with as many people as possible. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are available on our website at ukramedia.com slash 15. Stay tuned for our expressions course. We're almost done. It will be out soon. You can go to ukramedia.com slash expressions for more information. Don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. We just reached 2,000 members. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukramedia podcast. Bye-bye.